Hello and welcome to this week's Market Talk. Um, today we have with us Dominic Riccardi, who is the MD of Caterquip UK. And we have Mark Stratford, who is the Head of Retail Refrigeration at Interleven, which is part of the Tefcold Group. So thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you for the uh, um, Dominic, I'm going to start with you today, actually. Um, so recently we covered a project that, that you'd done with the niche free from kitchen in Harlow in Essex. So that was a massive uh, CPU project. So could you just kind of give us a bit of detail as, as to how this came about and what you managed to do for niche? Yeah. Do you want me to give you the full story or the part story a little bit? <laughs> Start, start with and we'll see yeah. how we go. <laughs> you can interject and show me up, Claire, as and when required. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got, uh, got niche contractors, Mark and uh, Adrian contractors, back in uh, November 2019. They've got a very successful restaurant um, in London um, that's doing extremely well. And they've since picked up some extra work. Mark comes from the food uh, industry anyway. He's worked in a lot of big production kitchens. Um, so some of his work was for... Um, you know, it's specialist, specialist foods, basically. So do niche free from uh, sort of stuff. Uh, so they got contacted, con contacted by a rather large company and asked if they could produce in, in big scale. They didn't have the facility at the time because they were just producing small amounts from their restaurant, whatever they could. Um, so the contacts back in November, they'd been had a quote for their new equipment, uh, which, um, yeah, was uh, extremely massive, as you can imagine. Um, so, you know, way over their budget. So I went to see them back in November 2019, uh, said, look, what we could do for them. It was just around about August of that year that we'd done a big clearance uh, down in South uh, South London, uh, Croydon, just without, I can't remember that, actually, is it Guildford, actually, still Guildford. It was a huge school, private school, and they'd got in there full enough, literally 80% of what niche required for their kitchen, can you believe? So we'd got that in stock anyway. Uh, we'd picked that up in, in August. It was a, about a two-week project to remove all the equipment, including a big Miko dishwasher. It was a big project. And not a lot of people can handle those sort of projects like we could. We, they wanted a full service, which we were able to do. So, you know, it was very fortunate for Nisha at the time that we had this, you know, this, this equipment in. Uh, so we priced it up, and it was literally half of what they'd been um, quoted previously, but that was for new extraction. So we got CKD, our brother company, I think they know Tony and Carlo from CKD. They did the extraction for us. Uh, so yeah, um, that's what came about. But <laughs> interestingly enough, so by the time the deal was done was March, and no exaggeration, uh, we were starting on the Monday or the Tuesday. I think the announcement was made on a Monday night. Um, it was a Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, because we were going to get started literally the next morning. Uh, all the paperwork had been agreed, everything had been done, and we hadn't started on site. So we were all set to go on the Tuesday morning. This huge announcement came out on the Monday and it was panic stations all around. I mean, these guys had this big kitchen there. They paid the lease, you know, they've got, the, you know, so everybody was concerned. We were all worried. I think the whole country were at the time. Um, they were especially worried because, um, you know, they knew that we they wanted this kitchen open, but then they also thought, well, do we really want the kitchen open? What's going to happen? But we thought, well, it'll all be over in a couple of months and it'll be, it'll be gone. We won't need to worry about it. So it was a challenge from really from day one, literally that day. So um, on the Tuesday morning, nobody showed up for work. Uh, there was no uh, no phone calls. It was literally prime minister told us to stay at home so we could stay at home. So that was my first challenge. You know, um, I had a call at seven o'clock that morning from Adrian saying, you know, look, what's going to you know, what's going to happen? 
okay to be able to survive this you know there's all these questions like there would be you know and I said look it's not a problem uh, obviously we're gonna have to sort out the staff and, and whatever so yeah so that's that's from really from day one that was our first biggest challenge so you can imagine it was, it was a big challenge yeah um, so I mean how did you meet the challenges of then um, ramping everything back up and working over lockdown it was very difficult, Claire, because you know we had the, we had cold rooms going in, we had extraction systems going in, we had equipment repairing the workshops. It was a you know every aspect was a challenge. We didn't have the staff, we couldn't get the materials. You know everywhere was closed. We were putting the gas work in, we were putting the electrics in. I did literally start to finish project. I project managed the whole thing. No, you know, so I I contracted electricians, I contracted the plumbers, you know, I contracted the extraction, the the, the cleaners went in. I even um, we did a deal where I even. Um, they wanted decorating doing so i contracted all that outrage for the skips it was literally a turnkey operation and i had all that on my head on my own <laughs> uh -huh. working. yeah it was a bit daunting but you know we love challenge and i wrote to that you know and uh, you know i knew that we'd make it happen but it was a funny thing because actually in february february the 20th i did a video from outside saying uh hi this is dominic for Kate. this is their project blah 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 and that was probably the 20th I said we we're going to be open by the 20th of april um so that was obviously me being i didn't know we didn't know covid wasn't even around at that time you know we hadn't even spoken about that uh, it was funny because i was flying off to tenerife the next day and it was on the way back i was seeing these people wearing face masks because what's going on and we were there that week that the lockdown had just happened in tenerife so yeah so yeah so it was a huge challenge uh claire but you know we got the project uh, done it was you know over you know over a longer period of time it had to be um, it was working safely and, you know, weight face masks. And but the great thing was, I remember, excuse me, the great thing was the fact there was no traffic on the road. It was brilliant. I felt like I was king of the road. I was <laughs> backwards and forwards from Harlow and I was in three lanes and it was just wonderful. But uh, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, we got the uh, project delivered uh, probably around about July, August um, 2020. There was no rush, but there was a bit in between where they'd had a, uh, an NHS project come along. That was around about uh, June time it was. Uh, NHS had contacted whether they could uh, supply some food in bulk. And that really gave us the facility you know, to be sort of key workers at the time. And it is around food anyway. So that's why we continued on with it. But I used mainly subcontracted during the whole process because our staff weren't here. Yeah, sure. Well, Dominic, we're, we're keen to get your views on the, um, you know, the refurbishment and, and B-grade market, which we'll, we'll come on to shortly. Uh, first, I'll bring Mark into the, to the conversation. Um, you know, Dominic has just described there really what what such a challenging year it's it's been. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. you kind of look back on where we were twelve months ago, and nobody yeah. quite knew what was about to come. Um, can, can you give us a sort of a, a brief overview of, of what the year has been like for, for Interleven, and, and really where you find yourself at now from a business point of view? Yeah, I think as, as everybody's um, uh, experience, it's been a very interesting, challenging year. Um, in a way, we uh, were. We're actually fortunate we, we have remote workers anyway through the sales force. So when uh, lockdown came, we were already set up on various platforms to be able to work from home. So we got a great team, just a, a fantastic dedicated team. And it was just basically taking what was in the office and, and making that available at home. Um, things like this have been uh, quite interesting Know, Zoom calls, etc., and particularly trying to engage customers on this platform as well has been very interesting. 
and some like that of us aren't so keen. Um, but it's been a it's been a good year to be honest, through all of that. So what we found is that the um, the customer base has changed slightly. So previously we do a lot of hospitality, a lot of hospitality through wholesale and distributors, distributors etc. And we found that um, it's a lot more retail, a lot more convenience driven. Um, during lockdown, um, everybody wanted additional footage, frozen food, chill, and we were able to challenge because we'd effectively stocked for Brexit. Um, got additional stock in for Brexit, lockdown hit, uh, challenging on logistics, two drivers, no two, you know, single drivers, etc. So that was challenging. Uh, but but overall, um, we've fared very, very well. Um, the hospitality bit has also changed to more of the, the options rather than front of house and you know your, your chains as such. Um, but but yeah, we've we've coped, we've coped very well through the staff, the stock, and just really going overboard communication. That's I think been key to be honest, to say, hey, we're still here in both work form and you know to the customers. So yeah, it's been interesting. So it's interesting, you've got the kind of two channels there, you know, the traditional hospitality, but also the kind of supermarket and that, that retail mm. aspect to it. Now that, that side of it, the second side there is, has obviously been operating right the way throughout the whole, you know, the, the lockdowns that we've had. Um, what, what sort of trends have you seen in, in that area as far as refrigeration is concerned? In, in, in retail, yeah. um, the, the trends have been additional footage. So uh, particularly the first lockdown, uh, those places that were able to trade um, went for frozen food, frozen food footage. Um, we, we couldn't actually keep up with, with you know, how many were going out per day. Um, and then we found that there's been a, a switch to increased chill. Um, and with the increased chill, we've also bought in new ranges. Um, and we did that during lockdown, uh, which is now putting us in a good position to move forward. So it, it has been additional footage that uh, people have, have required, people shopping more locally. Those convenience stores may have been underfooted in the first place. The footfall's gone up, therefore the, uh, the demand's gone up. Okay. Good stuff. We like some positive news in these times. Um, but Mark, you mentioned uh, some new ranges and I believe uh, some yeah. multi-decks, including the Express range, uh, yes. have been launched recently. So can you kind of just give us a bit of a background on uh, what need they fulfill and, and how you're yeah. uh, selling those we've, to the retail we've sector. Always had a, uh, we've always had a good offering to, to the retail sector, front of house and back of house. We, we wanted to um, refresh the, the front of house offer um, and we've introduced the, what we call the Tefcold Express chill range. And that was a, um, a development in conversation with the customers so it, it was about um, really good product display, good merchandising capacity, um, being able to have something that is complete, i.e. you've got uh, angled shelves, you've got ticket strips, you've got front risers. It comes pre-assembled on, on the shelving layout. Uh, it fits through a standard door. Therefore, installation 
running times quicker, they can get trading sooner. And we've also introduced all of the, the engineering, the energy efficiency technologies, night blinds, the refrigerant system, and just, just basically, as I say, just really, really updated the, the range. Um, and we've, we've introduced what, what I think is quite a trend at the moment in, in black and darker colours of anthracite greys that really make the, uh, the, you know, the equipment um, show the merchandise off better than, let's say, a white case. Um, so it, it's, it's, been, it's been absolutely great. It's been received really, really well. And we can't be more pleased, to be honest. Good stuff. Okay, we'll come back to it in a bit, Mark. But um, uh, going back to Dominic at the moment, um, there's been a kind of a, a stream of revenue uh, that's possibly increased over the last year with, with uh, in terms of secondhand and reconditioned catering equipment. So could you just talk to us a little bit about what you've seen of that and how you perceive the, the health of that market? Yeah, um, we've got, you know, having a lot of inquiries, we get more inquiries, it's converting those inquiries into sales, actually, there's a lot of um, positivity out there about what's going to come out in the future, what, that, that, that's what I have noticed. Um, so, you know, but the, the main thing at the moment, that well, well, during the beginning of lockdown, actually, Mark, it's a good point, we had a big influx for sales of servo counters, multi-decks, you know, freezers, refrigeration equipment was was a big thing i think in that in that first few months I, I was unable to deliver at the time because it was a balancing act of getting people off furlough and was it viable enough to you know but you know fortunately we had quite a lot of equipment here you know pretty much you know ready to go which was good so we um obviously we had that big project in march april may so we really slowed things down a little bit but we were getting a, a lot of inquiries for um refrigeration equipment we we're also getting a lot of inquiries for brat pans in combi ovens and people start to set up these dark kitchens which now seems to be what i'm the feedback i'm getting is there's a lot of that going on um where people want to set up dark kitchens lots of new ventures coming in um i subscribe to a couple of investment companies and there's one that's they're setting up they're trying to uh, sublet hotel kitchens in city centers turn them into a dark kitchen uh, there's another company they've got uh, they own car parks all over the us and they've got car, they're buying car parts in the UK and part of those car parts are going to put in their own dark kitchens in container kitchens. So they're going to offer a turnkey operation for any operator that wants to come in and operate that, that um, container kitchen, obviously with the use of Deliveroo and Uber Eats and all the rest of it. So that seems to be where it's going. And my sort of feeling is that um, I think more and more people in the way that I've seen, we get, we get a lot of inquiries for people like with back bath fridges at home, you know, that sort of stuff, um, you know, because they want to set, set the mark, you're probably getting the same. Mm, a lot yeah. of people with individual items. In fact, my own kitchen at home, I've put commercial kitchen there and a big stone pizza oven and all that sort of stuff. So I think that the future, certainly in the next couple of years, my prediction is that a lot of people are going to be dining from home a lot more, doing stuff from home, still going out, but probably not quite as regular as what they used to. And think the, probably the older generation are probably more concerned than the younger people. So that the older generation are probably over, over 55, 60s or whatever, maybe a bit more cautious about going out as regular. Um, so that's the way that I think it's probably going. But yeah, but it swings around about where you lose yeah. on one side, there's different sectors that open up and that, that's the way it goes. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess at the moment, Dominic, there's you know probably a surplus of, of reconditioned and secondhand equipment on the marketplace, particularly as 
you know, on the high street side, a lot of operators have, have kind of consolidated their estates. Um, yeah. Do you, how, how does that impact sort of pricing in the secondhand equipment market? Does, does, does pricing fluctuate in the same way as it would in the, you know, the new yeah. equipment market? It does fluctuate. Where we're getting a lot of people selling at the moment um, is uh, I've been to London quite a few a number of times, and there you've got office blocks which are not going to go back to their full swing as they were before. Um, you know, so that's uh, for instance, I was, you know, I was last week in the city. You know, they spent a fortune on all new Marvel servery. I mean, literally, you know, you can imagine. You know, they were feeding sort of two, three hundred odd people or whatever. And that's diminished now to what might be 50 or 60 or 70 or whatever. So they don't need that facility anymore. Uh, and it's a shame because that we can't do anything with that equipment, you know, that marble. And then what comes with it is, you know, conveyor, big conveyor dishwashers. You know, you very difficult to find a marketplace uh, for that, that sort of equipment. The general small equipment, like your rationale combis, so your 10 grid combis and six grid combis, they do hold their price. Actually, if they're rationale in fairness, because that seems to be the sort of the, the market leader. Um, so yeah, and then you've got the, where we have slowed down is wear washing quite a lot, uh, low sort of sales of wear washing and other general restaurant equipment. So some of these combis are probably going to these sort of production kitchens and that sort of stuff. But obviously, a combi being a combi, they're so versatile uh, that they always pretty much hold their price. But yeah, at the moment we, you know, for myself, I'm actually turned myself to doing the sales. Um, so I was uh, in March, April, May, I was project managing. And March, April, May, I was sweeping the warehouse and doing whatever, whatever I had to do. So now I'm back to the sales. But actually, I loved it. It was great. Um, it's really good to get, uh, you know, I was even back, I was even back, I even did a delivery, a couple of deliveries. And it was wonderful to be out on the road and uh, there was nobody around and it was just yeah. me. I was Kate Quinn. <laughs> Now it's back to the day job, which is yeah, which which is good. Um, yeah. Mark, to, to, come, to come back to you, um, when you look at England now, a year down the line since the first lockdown was uh, was announced, um, would you say that the business is significantly different to what it was a year ago? Has has it been any kind of cultural change within the organisation due to what's gone on? Um, I think, as I said previously, because we we are working remotely or were working remotely before, it's not been such a cultural shock at all. Um, some of how we've had to operate has changed, obviously, um, and the social distancing rules, and we, you know, we still haven't got everybody back um, in the office, but we don't necessarily need to. Um, so there's been uh, work changes, uh, practices maybe a bit, but on the whole, um, you know, we've, we've just, continued the job to do with this customer to serve how do we best do it? i think dominic's sort of highlighting the same thing um we, we we didn't have many people on furlough we had a few you know we've got everybody back but not necessarily in the office so we've we've had to uh double up on some roles early on um, but now we're we're back to uh, you know the full strength and yeah i think some good things have come out of it which is the uh, increased communication. Um, I think that's been really, really helpful. Um, we were having Zoom calls every day with with everybody, everybody included in the office, just to make sure we understood and knew what was going on. Um, so, as a business, we're still serving the same customer base. You know, we've got a lot of wholesale distributors, agents, etc. They they're still with us. They're still, um, selling refrigeration products as well. Um, so not, not a cultural 
change at all or huge change to be honest okay 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 um mark before you uh, mentioned about uh stockholding due to brexit um given that interleven is part of the uh, wider tefco group and that's mm. based in denmark uh, how has that kind of helped you in terms of being part of that bigger organization to kind of mitigate oh, brexit it, it's helped immensely um you know the particularly with uh, i think there's a, a combination of everything, to be honest but um you know uh, logistics has been over the past couple of months the real issue um containers in the wrong places not being able to get hold of containers uh shipping costs going up etc you know that that's been the real challenge but because as you say we we've had uh we've part of the tefgold group tefgold group has actually expanded as well so during during lockdown we acquired uh, a company in the Czech Republic and Slovak. So uh, with those online now. So we're able to swap goods around as well. Sometimes not that easy, but uh, you know, if stock levels are low somewhere, we can transfer it to somewhere else. Um, and the model is to stock. So we've, we've literally gone overboard and make sure that we've got that stock in. We know when people come back, people are already starting to, to want more. Um, we've got the stock there. We can turn it around really, really, and that's what that's what customers want. So, yeah, it has helped. Tough Cold Group has really helped. Good stuff, um, Dominic. Coming back to you, um, in terms of say the reconditioned market, um, there's a, a school of thought that says a lot of second-hand equipment flooding back into the hospitality sites is not necessarily going to help in terms of energy efficiency and uh, in, in terms of uh, making sure that kitchens are uh, as low consumption as possible. What, what would your take be on, on that kind of thing? I mean, we do try and buy in as modern, as modern equipment as we possibly can, because obviously there's a, you know, there's a, you know, a, a market for more modern people, you know, people are really understanding the market now and the equipment, they, they do their homework because we've obviously got access to the internet. Um, so we, you know, we try and buy it as modern as possible. Where, where it's not, then no, it hasn't got the, uh, you know, it's not probably as, uh, as 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 cheap to run or as green to run as a bit modern equipment. But um, you know, sometimes people weigh up the costs on that and say, well, if I'm going to save a few grand on this particular appliance, it's going to take me a long time to, you know, get my money back to buy a sort of a newer one. So yeah, that's the only thing. But you know, I do try. Uh, you know, I do the buying as well, so I do try and do the uh, try and buy as much modern equipment as possible. Um, and what we don't buy, the older stuff. I uh, think I mentioned to you before, we ship over to Egypt now. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, should we uh, we ship a we, we could, uh, last year we were shipping about a container a month to Egypt of just older older equipment. It's amazing what the market would be amazed what they do over in Egypt. Um, you know, so where uh, we had. Uh, some, some, yeah, I mean, I can tone this down, but yeah, these guys are pretty impressive. They, they were like what the UK was probably 30 years ago. Uh, they just sort of make different things happen, you know, but obviously now with all the, you know, all the red tape and all the issues we have, we just can't do that anymore. But yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, we, we ship the older stuff away. Well, just going back onto the conversation where we have noticed a big people, a big amount of people uh, selling equipment about quite a lot. And there's a huge one today uh, called me this morning, uh, event catering companies have really struggled you know that's that's been a real challenge for them and there's a huge one up in manchester and they've got i mean literally probably about four arctic loads of equipment um that's all really very very modern they've invested heavily in these kitchens 
and they've closed basically. Uh, that was literally sort of last week. So that's, I think there's going to be a big pinch there. You know, obviously Mark's okay with the, the, you know, the retail side of things. That's just, you know, flipped over to that. But event side of things is going to be a real, that's, I think that's probably the yeah. biggest hit in, in the market. Weddings and, you know, functions and events and anything like that. Yeah. Which actually goes on to hotels and hospitality. You know, that side of it, get hit on that because that's where a lot of their income comes from. You know, they've obviously got hotel rooms, but a lot of these guys have got big kitchens with banqueting facility and, you know, parties and weddings and that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah. Dominic, your business is very well established in that, you know, I know you offer warranty or the equipment is kind of technically inspected before it's resold and things like that. Given, I mean, given the scenario you just described there where you've suddenly got event caterers looking to kind of offload this redundant equipment, it, it, it's kind of natural that more people or perhaps try and get into that marketplace. Um, are you are you seeing an increase in resellers trying to move on unwanted equipment and so on? And does that create any issues in terms of, sort of regulation? Uh, yeah, are you asking? Sorry, um, sorry. Are you asking whether there's a bit more competition out there? People buying, yeah, buying more, competition, more competition from companies reselling secondhand yes. equipment. Yeah, yeah, we have. I mean, years ago, you know, when eBay first started, um, you know, that was a slight, I was, you know, having a look, there was a lot of people selling on eBay and that has increased a lot more. So people are just trying to pick up these deals where they can go and get, you know, some equipment and then, you know, a couple of bits and sell it from their garage. But a lot of people doing that a lot of times can make an impact. We're fortunate because we are established that we've got a long-term relationship with a lot of people. We're the go-to really, uh, ourselves and probably Ramco, uh, the biggest guys that sort of do the buying in. So we get the first, and with it being such a big job like that, for instance, for Arctic loads, there's not many people that can handle that sort of uh, work mm. and the amount of money we have to pay out for it. So, you know, we're, mm. we're well positioned really to, uh, in the marketplace for that, yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, we're beginning to run out of time. So, Mark, we'll, we'll just finish with, with you, uh, the last question. Um, you know, everybody now is working towards the reopening of the hospitality industry, um, you know, from the 12th of April outside and then hopefully the, the 17th of May. How, yeah. how are you as a business preparing for that? Do you have your own roadmap in place for where you want to get to this year? Yeah, well, again, again, you know, we've got the we've got stock ready. Uh, we've got a new catalogue that we've just launched uh, last week. Um, we've got the, the logistics delivery in place. Um, so yeah, we, we, we're basically ready to go. Uh, we've seen the increase in areas such as ice cream, a lot of ice cream anyway, ice cream counters. Uh, and we've seen that increasing already. Um, so yeah, we, we, you know, we're ready for that turnaround. Um, we've seen an increase in business over the past couple of weeks, uh, which is really healthy. And we've seen people starting to get ready, wanting the back of house, the front of house, et cetera. So it, it, basically it's coming down to stock and availability and, and a great price point, to be honest. Yeah, and keeping the fingers crossed for a sunny uh, summer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Staycations and lots of ice cream. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> especially, especially the fact we're all stuck at home anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great, great note to end on. Um, Thank you both for, for joining us in this week's Market Talk. Good luck in the, in the weeks ahead. Um, and for everybody else, do welcome you back with a new episode next week.